Hey friends, welcome to season friggin' two of Save the Drama for Your Shama. I am so happy to be here. I'm so glad to be back. And today is my birthday. How exciting is that? As promised, I'm recording this episode and starting the new season on my birthday. Um, so what has been going on in the two months that um, I've been off? Well, just to let you know, I'm still kind of sick. So the worst of the cold is over, which is why I had to cut the season short in the first place. But I still have a little touch of a cough, and I don't know if it'll be heard on this recording, but my voice is a little bit raspy, um, and if the air catches just right, I may actually end up coughing in this episode. So I do apologize for that. Um, you know, not really too, too, too much exciting stuff on my end. You know, still working as a publicist, still doing background acting when I can, still doing stuff for school. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I got a side gig, um, which is pretty cool, you know, working in a restaurant. The only reason why I picked it up is because, one, it's not that far from my house. And two, because as a publicist, I only get paid once a month, so I need to have some consistent money coming in. Um... So I will, you know, I guess talk about it once I actually started. I haven't started yet. I just only got hired. So a <laughs> um, couple of housekeeping notes, I guess I should probably add to this new season. First and foremost, I am still going to do verbatim Shakespeare. I had intended to review Hamlet before I ended the first season, um, but that didn't work out because I ended up getting sick. Um, so that will come back along with other films that follow uh, Shakespeare's words verbatim. That's the whole point. Um, so stay tuned for that. That will be peppered in throughout the season. Uh, still going to do cult scams and murders with Desmond, though at some point he is going to go on um, uh, medical leave. So some of those episodes I will have to record by myself, um, but just letting you know that that is still coming. Um, I fully intend to have my dad on for a couple of episodes because he is an enthusiast of a specific app that has a lot of shows on it that haven't been seen in years. Um, so we will discuss that. I finally got him equipped with a microphone and a computer, so I just need to help him figure out how to get it all set up, and then we'll get rocking on that. And then I do want to incorporate um, some more guests, you know, over time. A lot of my peers and people that I work with um, in, like, theater and film and get them in here because I feel like their voices are important and you know, even though I review like the big movies and the big shows and I'm in public relations and I even have a client that is an entertainment journalist um, who covers a lot of the big stuff, you know, we never really talk about the like, you know, I don't want to say the little guy, um, but the little guy, you know what I mean? Like we're making waves too. So I really want to be able to incorporate more of my peers and people that I work with um, as opposed to having like super famous people on the show. Um, there's a little bit better production value uh, with this podcast, but I'm still having some issues as far as 
filming these episodes because this was actually going to be a simulcast with YouTube posts um, of actual visuals of me talking and the audio, just so, like, I cover all bases. Um, but there's something going on where filming is still next to impossible, even though I did a full equipment upgrade. So I'll figure it out eventually, but right now I'm just on an audio basis. And, um, what else is there to add? I feel like there's just so much more stuff to add. Oh yeah, so I'm going to try and bitch and complain less in these episodes and try to incorporate more film and television. <laughs> because when I was really looking at some of the episodes that I recorded, I was like, wow, all I do is complain. Like, <laughs> which don't get me wrong, the whole point of the show was to air my grievances, but I just don't want sole episodes to just be complaints. I want to complain about film and television shows too. So more film and television shows in this season and then I'll just pepper my complaints with each podcast episode so I'll have like a separate uh bitch and complaint that I um want to incorporate and then also talking about what I'm watching so just so you know that is the um the tasks for this season that I hope to keep up with so <laughs> uh yeah I um, decided this year, because last year I actually picked a movie that was based on, um, or that was released around my birth year, right? Um, and that was interesting. I chose The Big Chill. So this year, I'm not really doing anything that's like super birthday related. Uh, this film today is all about the multiverse because, of course, right now, uh, we have two multiverse films out. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, starring Michelle Yeoh. And, of course, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I haven't seen either film yet. I want to. I just really haven't been feeling up to it. And I may go today since it is my birthday and just go see at least one of them. Probably everything everywhere to start. And then I'll do um, Multiverse of Madness. But in the meantime, I wanted to talk about an older Multiverse film that was released back in 2001. And it's coincidentally called The One, starring Jet Li. So... Let's take a break, and when we come back, I will talk all about The One. And I'm back. So let's talk about The One. So this came out in 2001. It's starring Jet Li, Delroy Lindo, Carlo Gugino, Jason Statham, and... Ultimately, this movie, the best way that I can describe it for people that have seen um, The Highlander and the MCU is that it's kind of a mix of both in the sense that there is a multiverse. There are different variants within the multiverse, um, but also the fact that there is one individual uh, that's also portrayed by Jet Li, Gabriel Yulaw. And he has aspirations to be the only variant um, within the entire multiverse. And the lore in this movie is that with every variant that he kills, um, he gets a little bit stronger. So think of it like in the Highlander where the immortals 
battle each other and then they have to cut each other's heads off um and then the lightning strikes and you know that the immortal is gone right um because there can only be one so <laughs> uh that's basically what this villain gabriel ulaw is trying to do and he travels throughout each multiverse which in this film um with each universe uh which in this film is illegal and they do have their own version of a TVA called the MVA. So it's the multiverse authority, which is basically, um, a, a multiverse police station, if it will, that, um, makes sure that people aren't jumping through universes through time. Um, because the universes, even though they're out there and they exist, like people are not supposed to travel, through them and interrupt the flow of time, basically. So, and it's interesting because Gabriel Ulaw himself was a multiverse agent, um, which is why he knows uh, how to be able to travel through the different universes. And he also knows that if you kill another variant of yourself, you get a little bit stronger. So one of the elements that I'm definitely, definitely sure Loki pulled um from the one was the use of diff show presenting the villain or the person with the other variations of themselves so like if you saw loki and you remember that like when he first comes to the tva and they show his other variants of himself and he's kind of confused because like some of them were like one was like a sports star um some were humanoid some were like completely different creatures altogether but they were all Lokis right so same premise um in this film but what, what made it really kind of funny what it actually made me chuckle was just that it was Jet Li in different wigs so they didn't really like change his features so much um, you know, it, he, they didn't go like the alien route with Jet Li. It's just him in different units. And he was like cheesing in every picture. So I kind of get the feeling that when they did the photo shoot for this setting up for the movie, that he was having the time of his life wearing these different wigs and just posing as if he's different people. Like, I'm sure he got like a huge kick out of it because I, I was tickled. I thought it was funny. Um, and so with that, there's about, um, I want to say 125 universes. That's kind of what they're, what they're saying, <laughs> like how they're implying in the movie, because Gabriel Ulaw, and I'm just going to continue to call the villain Ulaw from here on out, and you'll know why, um, basically gets arrested by the MVA. He is charged with his crimes. They're getting ready to sentence him to one of the prison universes to like serve out his time and, you know, never be seen again. So he um, had killed about uh, 123 variants of himself so far. So all he had to do was kill one more variant and then he would be the only one in the entire multiverse with all of his strength and power. Now here's the issue. So as the lore in this movie goes, with every variant that he kills, he gets a little bit stronger. But the issue is, is that every variant gets a little stronger with each 
variant killed. So by the time when this movie first is introduced, you're introduced to a guy named Lawless that's also played by Jet Li. And it's a prison scene and he is the prisoner that's being escorted to trial. So what makes it funny is the fact that when it's first introduced, you think he's the villain, you know, because the whole point in the trailers being shown when this first came out is that Jet Li babbling Jet Li. Um, so we don't know, <laughs> like, is this the villain? Is this the guy that's going to break out? No, he was just a victim. But he was, like, super freaking strong and, like, bending prison bars and like, trying to fight people and whatnot. And then he ends up getting killed by U-Law. So then once he became stronger, then the last variant, uh, Gabe Law, and I'll just call him Gabe, so we're not getting confused, but Gabe, who's the nice guy, um, from basically, I forget the name of the universe that they said, but it's supposed to be our universe, like the one that you and I are living in currently, it's supposed to be our universe and our reality is where Gabe is from. So he um, also gets stronger and faster and has more agility and whatnot. And it was great because like the whole point of the movie was that he was freaking out because he's like, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Like I've been going to doctors. I I've been trying to figure it out. I don't know what's happening to me. Um, he little does he know it's because his other variant is killing off the entire 123 variants out in the multiverse. And that's the reason why he's getting stronger and faster. So, uh, you law, is getting ready to be sentenced to this prison universe. And whoever his girlfriend is, who is dressed like Jessica Rabbit, um, played by Carla Gugino, and this is a variant of Gabe's wife as well, uh, shows up and is waiting for him to be sentenced for his crime. She releases this white mouse from her shoe with an antenna sticking out of its butt. That, <laughs> that's the best way that I can phrase it and it turns out it's a little mousy bomb like it's meant to like blow up um the the I guess it's not really an execution but that's basically what they're tr trying to say it's like an execution they're sending him to this prison universe and uh, basically he escapes so and he comes to our universe to kill Gabe so at some point, he comes to the universe, tries to kill Gabe. Gabe gets away, but there's a lot of um, people killed in the meantime. And what makes it worse is the fact that Gabe is part of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. So there's a lot of police killed. And with the fact that he, like, Gabe and you all look alike, you know, there's a lot of implications with that as far as um, being charged with murder and, you know, like, especially police officers, it's like a whole thing, right? So Gabe is like freaking out. He just doesn't know what the hell is going on. But thankfully, he has assistance from Delroy Lindo and Jason Statham, who are MVA agents themselves. They were the ones that initially caught you law and brought him in to be sentenced to this prison universe so when they escaped um these were the two agents that came to our universe to try and retrieve him uh so they explained to gabe what's going on 
Um, Gabe is trying to make sure that like his wife TK is okay. Um, it it's just a lot of chaos, and then from there, you know, he has to battle U Law and prevent him from committing more evil. So that's ultimately the plot. I do have to say it wasn't that exciting of a story. Like the like it was well broken down, but I would say as far as the story was concerned, even some of the dialogue um was a little touch weird at times and ultimately like I said, it just it was a little boring. Like, let me just be honest with you. Um, because there's moments and I have found this out about myself. This is how I know if a movie's not interesting at all. Uh, when I start checking like the time on my phone, just to see how far along in a movie or a program I'm in, um, pretty much tells me that it's that it's kind of dragging ass that like I, I have learned this about myself when I'm really, really engrossed and engaged in the movie. I don't really do that. I just watch and I just enjoy. But with this, I was just kind of like, God, how much longer do we have? And it's not even that long of a movie. Like this is back in like the old school days. Cause I really like want to say that, you know, there is a nice sweet pocket of time um, pretty much in my lifetime, where movies really didn't go past 90 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, every once in a while, I'm not saying that there weren't long movies. Like, there was definitely um, some films that were, like, two hours or three hours, things of that nature. But those are really, like, event films, you know, as opposed to just a traditional film that you're just watching and it's, you know what I mean, a 90-minute film. Um, nowadays, it seems like way more films are running in that two-hour, three-hour pocket, which is kind of a pain in the ass. I kind of like a nice 90-minute 90 90-minute 90 film, but I digress. So even with it being 90 minutes and not being that long of a film, I still got a little bit bored. The one positive I will say about this film is that the fight scenes and the action was really good and readable because, you know, we're in the day and age of shaky camera and like dark lighting <laughs> and rough editing where like there's fight scenes, but it's just like, you don't know what's going on half the time. It makes me sound like kind of like a boomer and I'm not trying to do that. It's just that like, you know, the whole point of watching an action film is to watch the action. And sometimes I think like they bullshit, they bullshit the action, you know what I mean? To <laughs> make it seem like there's more going on than there really is. Uh, so I, I really do appreciate the readability of the combat within this film. It was really cool to see Delroy Lindo. Um, it was cool to see Jason Statham. Cause I think this was, uh, kind of a little bit of the start. Cause he really wasn't like, um, the top billing until the transporter, which is a really good movie too. Um, so before that, he he did a lot of like supporting characters and whatnot. He had a full head of hair in this movie too, which was interesting. Um, 
but yeah, like, but he didn't really do a lot of the combat. He was just more like the police officer with the gun. He did like, he did fight and things like that. But as far as like the more hardcore martial arts, that was completely Jet Li's realm against Jet Li. Uh, the special effects were really good to be able to have the readability of the action and the fights between Jet Li versus Jet Li, Gabe versus Yulaw. And they also didn't go too cheesy with what his abilities were um, because it's all about super strength and agility and flexibility and things of that nature. But it didn't make him like have abilities to like fly or like lasers or anything like that like it was still kind of rooted in some semblance of reality so uh with that said let me take another little break and when i come back i will get to my thrilling thoughts and conclusions about this film Okay, so I've returned. My apologies. I ordered uh, new bras from Amazon, and that was the door buzzing with my package, so I had to go grab that really quick. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I wanted to just say about the one is that um, with the action, with the readability, that was good. The dialogue seemed a little wooden at times. It's not that it was bad dialogue. It just, I don't know, it was the way everybody kind of delivered their lines. It just... It kind of felt like everybody was phoning it in just a little bit. Um, not their fault, because I think it was just more uh, the direction, especially since it's supposed to be an action film. It really wasn't meant uh, to be so much about um, what the people were saying, but what you were actually seeing. Uh, the soundtrack was a little hinky as well. I kind of felt like they were do going the route that The Matrix did with a lot of the new metal tracks, but I felt like they probably could have used different songs. That's just me, though. Um, and maybe a little bit more original composition uh, within the film. And um, I'm trying to think. I mean, the variants were explained really well. The lore was explained really well. Um, it just wasn't that exciting of a movie. You know, I don't know what else to tell you in that regard. Uh, but if you are interested in watching this film, if you have a Netflix subscription, it's definitely on Netflix. If you want to watch it for free, it is on Tubi, but you will have commercial interruptions with that. And there's um, other streaming services that you can rent from, but I don't see why you would do that if you could just um, watch it for free. Watch these streaming services come after me and be like, ooh, you're trying to cut into our money, heifer. <laughs> like, sorry, you know, just, you know, coming from the perspective of somebody that's always had to scrimp and save, like, if it means I have to deal with commercial interruptions, fine, but, you know, at least with Tubi, it's not edited, just because there's, um, uh, interruptions doesn't mean that they're clipping out the language or, or cutting the scenes down. They just are uh, shoehorning in commercials. That's it. That's the only thing. And um, so, yeah. So a couple of recommendations that I have for you, if you really like uh, Jet Li, his number one film, meaning his highest gross 
grossing film, but also his most popular film is Hero, which is very beautiful. It's very colorful. has a good story to it. Um, Delroy Lindo, The Five Bloods, I definitely felt like he was snubbed for um, awards consideration for that film. Uh, Jason Statham's best film for me still is The Transporter. Like, I've seen him in other stuff, but that's definitely his best one. And Carla Gugino, uh, Sin City. I actually really like her in that. She's been in so much stuff from, like, the 90s and the 2000s. And I don't really see her in anything more recently now, but that doesn't mean that she's not still active. Um, but that's definitely the best film that I have seen her in uh, that I would recommend. And that's about it. So the next episode, because I know I always promise like a film and then I end up flipping the script, but I'm definitely going to stick to this one because it's... Uh, Thing that's near and dear to my heart um, because I recently got a certification to teach a program called CheerFit because uh, I used to be a competition cheerleader, believe it or not. I used to be a martial artist as well. Um, so I actually intend to incorporate more action films in this season as well, just letting you all know. But <laughs> that is coming. But I got this certification and there's been some really cool things um, regarding Netflix's docuseries Cheer. Uh, and so I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about my personal history as a cheerleader, uh, parallels that I see with the program um, that is featured in Navarro Community College. And um, that's all the warts too, not just the positive, but top positives, but the warts associated with cheerleading, because there's a lot. And, um, you know, just overall talk about my experience because it was a part of my life for about 10 years. I was very heavily involved, won a lot of trophies and things of that nature. So I just feel like that is something I really want to talk about. So that will be the next episode. I will talk to you next time. Take care. 